I'm Gabriela Fresquez, and this is Radar 2021. The road to equitable representation across media platforms, whether in news, film and television, or music, has, at times, felt hopeless, sluggish, and usually hashtag-worthy. Good news never comes in a hashtag. But during a year of fractured Hollywood releases, theater closures, and industry-wide uncertainty, shockingly, we did see a semblance of progress. It felt very big because you don't often see Latino culture and our heritage celebrated at such a big scale. And, and that felt like a big moment. And quite honestly, big shoes to fill for a community that doesn't get to see themselves in Hollywood films as often. This year's Hollywood Diversity Report revealed that women and people of color gained ground among lead actors, overall cast, writers, and directors. And audiences have been hugely receptive to the on-screen diversity. So much so that films with notably diverse casts produce the highest online viewing ratings. But before we break out the bubbles, coquito, or the harder stuff, there's one disparity that remains firmly in place, budgets. Because when it comes to shelling out for projects with diverse casts and crews, Hollywood has a tendency to hold back. Those huge dinosaurs! Wow, they're incredible. You, you wanna look? Back there? No? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. It's coming towards us! It's coming towards us! Oh my god! Oh my god, it's coming to get us! Everybody out of the car! No, 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 no! What's happening? Nothing's gonna bring me down! It's your friendly neighborhood spider- <laughs> ah! Ow, 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 I need an ambulance! Ah! Don't ever... <laughs> Maria, I've come to see you, Maria. Come down to me, Maria. What are you doing here? You're crazy. Papa's gonna hear you. Come down to see me, Maria. Give me a kiss, Maria. A minute is not enough. Oye, me quedaste en la ventana, Maria. Ya voy, papi. Leave before it's too late. What we're trying to say is, Hollywood, now that you've opened your hearts to us, open your wallets. Because when you do, things are bound to get magical.
I play Dolores del Encanto, and she has the superpower of super hearing, and she is Mirabel's cousin. And Felix is my dad. Uh, Felix is uh, the, the soul of the party. Es el alma de la fiesta, la rumba, la salsa, el ginger, el chontaduro, el borojón, eh, all that good things that Colombia has to bring to the world. Everything that we go through as Latinos is in this film, and it's done in such a beautiful way. And it shows us that we are diverse. You know, like Pepa, she's like red hair, you know what I mean? And lighter skinned of, of a Latina and is just as Colombian as Dolores and Felix. This is a very uh, Latin party about the colors uh, of, of the thing that represents us. It's a pleasure to be here representing um, not only the Afro uh, population in Colombia, but also the, the, the love that all together uh, have to, to, to bring to the, to the people that maybe don't know uh, a lot of stuff about our country. They sit down to the table to eat together as a family, something that when I was growing up and watching with, you know, telenovelas or shows or movies with my grandmother, you know, people of our skin tone were not included as principal actors. And in this case, we are both principal actors being Afro-Latinos, representing our bloodline and sitting at the table, sitting hand in hand with everybody else. And we're not in the kitchen, but we're all cooking together. We're all eating together. And that's what this film is. It's so inclusive of the diversity of who we are. And it shows it in a beautiful light. Oh, this is the, the main message here. I think uh, involved in a lot of colors and love and, and all that music and culture yeah. that uh, Colombia and Latin America has to bring to to the to the world. Hi, my name is Inarly Simo and I play Gabby in the new movie Vivo. As a kid, I didn't see many um, characters being played from Dominican, which is very sad to hear, but it's very exciting that I get to be a part of that and little kids get to look up to Gabby. It's just amazing to me because Gabby's teaching kids now saying that you do not have to be like anyone else and that you should be yourself like she says in her song bounce to the beat of your own drum but they're also seeing that she's latina so it, it will like give them such a great feeling to be like oh i could be i could be like her because i'm dominican or i'm cuban it's just the best feeling to know i bounce to the beat of my own drum Casting can truly be an art form, but if you screw it up, it can have disastrous results, regardless of who's number one on the call sheet or what the budget is. Take the 1961 film West Side Story, for example, whose screenplay and music are as iconic as its problematic use of brownface. The 2021 remake is righting some casting wrongs, and uh, it only took 60 years. There were a lot of wonderful collaborative conversations with our writer, Tony Kushner, about creating this Maria for the new age. The world is full of and to, you know, really drive home the fact that I'm the first Latina to play Maria on screen. It's a huge honor, and I have been, been very blessed to bring that experience to the big screen. I'm Ariana DeBose, I play Anita in Steven Spielberg's and Tony Kushner's West Side Story. While this character is not specifically LGBTQAI+, the fact that I identify that way in my real life, I think it's very important to note, because if our people can see that, 
then potentially they will find the courage to go out and be that as well. You know, I think that's what makes representation imperative because if young people can see it, then they can be it. There was a lot of sensitivity going into the research for this and a lot of professors on Puerto Rican history. Steven Spielberg, when he first acquired the rights and first had the idea to make his own version of the 1957 Broadway musical, it was absolutely most important that he represent the Latin community properly. And he searched far and wide for all of the best Latina performers that he could. It's the most incredible creative team you can come across and and to be a part of that and, and to share this really important message. I want people to be reminded that love is truly the most important thing at, at the end and understanding and caring for each other and not letting fear, not giving into that hatred. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. That's really the foundation of the story. In the American market, in the white market, you have British and Australians playing American all the time. And it's fine, you know? Um, but right now it's a situation where if you don't cast authentically, so if you don't cast, if, 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 if a role is Mexican and you cast a Puerto Rican or a Cuban, it's like, why didn't they cast Mexican? You know, it's become to that extreme when before people didn't even care and people didn't even care about accents. I remember when I moved here, I would say, but the accent is off. This is not the right accent. And they would be like, who cares? Nobody can listen to it. Nobody notices. I'm like, yes, we do. We do notice it. Latinos notice it. I push very hard to keep it very authentic, but it has to be on the page, right? If we, we don't have writers that are writing diverse characters and producers that want to produce keeping those diverse characters, then there's not much I can do. Despite the mild upswing in representation outlined in the Hollywood Diversity Report, the findings also confirmed that people of color and women are still underrepresented as writers and directors in film. So what happens when a couple of prominent chingonas get behind the lens to create content for us, featuring us? We already told you, magic. As in authentic and at times spicy magic. It's been a very fruitful year. I've, I've done four movies. Couple I'm playing criminals, you know, one I'm playing as a regular dude. Flamin' Hot, I'm playing Richard Montañez, um, who has a very, you know, very beautiful story. And um, in the series that I'm doing with George Lopez and Annie, is, um, you know, I play a guy who gets out of prison after being there for 13 years for stealing a car. And um, he gets out and, and eventually throughout the story, he becomes this like, world-renowned and famous artist. Uh, so it's a cool, it's a cool story. I look at all those things and go like, all right, let's, let's see. I see the things where people are going to start poking holes and things. And I've always kind of said that Latinos are, we can be our own worst enemy where if something, the smallest thing is wrong or off about a project, we'll tear it apart. Even if it's a, a massive, supposedly a massive success or, or a high profile TV show or movie because one accent's wrong or a Mexican got cast as a Puerto Rican. It's interesting because I, ha I come across some auditions sometimes and I go, all right, if I play Puerto Rican, how much, 
backlash am I going to get for this? All I can do is do my best, tell the best story from my angle that I can and hope that the community supports. We kind of have to let some of that stuff go and, you know, hope for the best. But Hollywood isn't the only arena where Latinxes are reclaiming their time. Only different from the so-called Latin explosion crossovers of decades past, think Ricky Martin's iconic performance at the 1999 Grammys. Today, Latinx musicians aren't gringo-fying themselves to be more mainstream. They're owning their culture. Look no further than Bad Bunny, the most streamed artist in the world, two years in a row. El Conejo Malo sings and raps in Espanol regardless of who he collabs with. One could say non-Spanish-speaking artists have to adapt to his aesthetic. Drake getting his Rosetta Stone on for Mia can attest. The big difference between what happened in the early 2000s versus what's happening now is that you had the Shakiras and the Enrique Iglesias and the Mark Anthony's crossing over into the uh, general market space, but they were singing in English. So they were Latino, but yet, you know, they were doing music in English. And so uh, language was still very much a barrier. And I think that a couple of things have changed. I think this younger generation of kids don't care as much about language. And I think also through social media, there's been a lot more exposure of our music. Probably like three years ago, I made a decision to say, okay, I want to represent artists who are just like me, right? Um, I'm first generation uh, Latina, kids of immigrants. And growing up, we consumed music in both languages. You don't have to sing in Spanish to prove your Latinidad. Something that I really love about my roster is that they don't, they don't follow any rules. They don't follow any formulas. They're very musically fluid. And I feel like that's a reflection of the times, you know? Um, and I think that's why they're doing so well. There is definitely a lot more room for diversity. There's not enough Afro-Latinos. There's not enough indigenous artists. I think musically, right? There's a lot more room for diversity. The popularity of reggaeton in the U.S. has catapulted artists like J Balvin and others to superstardom and further normalize the consumption of Spanish language music in non-Latinx spaces. If the only Spanish words your English-speaking friends know are culo and perreo, y'all know it didn't come from the Duolingo app. As this new wave of reggaetoneros gains momentum, however, many of these chart-topping artists are looking less and less like the inherently black genre's pioneers. I'm Gata. Some of you might recognize me as Reggaeton Cuela Gata. And I'm here to talk to you about the true raíces of reggaeton. Reggaeton is a sexy and upbeat genre, comprised of multiple other genres, including, but not limited to, Dance Hall of Jamaica y Panama, Bomba Plena y Perreo de Puerto Rico, and también, of course, Hip Hop of the Afro Diaspora. Its history is rich, and it's a genre that's created as a continuation of a legacy of resistance. See, if you're Latino, you know what reggaeton is your entire life. And if you're not, I'm sure that you've heard of reggaeton or papeton songs with songs like Despacito featuring Justin Bieber and Daddy Yankee, or I don't know, the most influential and most streamed artist of 2021, Bad Bunny, El Conejo Malo. As the popularity of reggaeton grows, we see a decrease, I mean an extreme decrease, of black Latinos, especially black women in reggaeton. Donata mi mujer negra, 
The movement that gave birth to this music, started by women by the likes of La Trevida, a badass Panameña who sang about what it means to respect black women and other lighthearted topics that everybody could enjoy. So how do we go from La Trevida to queen feminist icon, Evie Queen, La Diva, La Potra, La Caballota, La Sista, Glory Glow, a handful of negras, when there are hundreds of women in reggaeton, the math isn't mathing. So how did we get here? Well, as we all know, Latino is a culture, not a race. And yet, there's a tendency to respect and assign black aesthetics, and as long as it's on non-black Latinos, everything's all good. You know, the big hair, the long nails, the long lashes. On black women, fea, racataca. En una blanca, moda, tendencia, alta clase, el final. ¿Qué es eso? Let's do better. So because of these tendencies, hashtags like Make Reggaeton Black Again have taken the internet by storm, and I completely understand where they're coming from. Racism is a force that excludes, tokenizes, and completely invisibilizes black Latinos in a genre that they created. So while outsiders have a seat at the table, let's assure that black Latinos, but especially negras, black women, have a seat as well. A lot of mediums are overlooked when it comes to representation, like ads, for example. Most Americans consume anywhere from four to 10,000 of them per day. And whether consciously or not, they play a role in shaping our view of society. Back in 2020, the killing of George Floyd and ensuing protests renewed conversations on the ad industry's lack of racial diversity. And while advertisers have made diversity commitments, not all have followed through. Telemundo and NBC Universal partnered with the ANA to create the Latina Storytelling Guide to help the creative community authentically portray Latinas. We were thrilled to get involved in this project because we think it is so important to have a guide that works across the broadest definition of media, something that works for advertisers, marketers, and content creators of all types. We are a community of 31 million women. Nearly one in five women are Latinas, and we are contributed much to the population growth. To that end, the Write Her Write Latina Storytelling Guide offers great, thought-provoking questions. It should not be perceived as a tool that can substitute the need for Latinas to have a place at the table, or for creators and storytellers and marketers to ensure the involvement of Latinas at all stages in the creative process. Our newsrooms are also pledging more diversity. And we're already seeing some of those changes in terms of who is delivering the news. Hi, my name is uh, Guad Venegas. I'm a correspondent for NBC News. And uh, the crossover coming from Telemundo, even though I'm somebody that grew up speaking both languages, it's been quite challenging. Speaking, writing, uh, tracking, everything is completely different. I think that the opportunities um, historically for people like me were not there. So a lot of us, when we started our career, we went into Spanish news because the opportunities were there. And a lot of us are thankful that opportunities exist now. I grew up in an underserved community, in a bad city, in a bad neighborhood. So to have an opportunity to join a news organization in English media, network news, at NBC News, it's a big opportunity because it's not just a voice for a journalist, it's a voice for somebody that came from an underserved world, immigrant parents. Our, our country is multicultural. 
but traditionally the news organizations were not. So it wasn't a true reflection of who lived in the country. I will say that uh, being here has opened up a lot of opportunities. As you can see right now, I'm uh, at a shelter with migrants in Mexico. Things like these uh, are possible because an organization like NBC News has uh, big budgets and uh, they have a lot of resources that allow me to follow uh, stories like these. So I think that that's one of the greatest things about uh, transitioning into such a big company. I think that because of the number of viewers that one can reach in the English market, uh, my voice is going to be much more powerful. I mean, my voice is the same, right? The only difference is I'm speaking a different language. Some of the most notable changes have happened at the top and are expected to be game changers when it comes to diversifying newsroom staff, as in the journalists you don't see on screen. Hi, Grace Lozano. Only measuring that diversity is challenging, since divulging employment practice is a voluntary decision. And diverse news staff is key when deciding which stories get prioritized. Take this show, for example. Some of the stories we cover might initially seem off-brand as far as what constitutes Latinx issues you'd hear about in a typical newscast. But that's probably because other people, long ago, decided what Latinx issues should be. Immigration, deportation, dope tacos, immigration. Our storytelling reflects the makeup of our team and the unique cultures and countries we represent and allows us to come from an authentic place when covering different topics. And yes, we still have plenty of work to do for ensuring more inclusive newsrooms overall. But when it comes to diversity in sports, skateboarding is proving to be in a league of its own. And I know that's a baseball reference, but I don't do sports. Fortunately, former pro skater Pancho Moller does. I'm originally from Santiago, Chile. Uh, I moved to the States with my mother when she divorced my father at the age of seven or six. I didn't really see myself as a little person, but it got to a point in school where you're the same size as people, but then all of a sudden, a year later, you're not. And so when I found skateboarding, I saw something that it was something that I could do, but also I could do on my own. Skateboarding is definitely very inclusive. I feel like a lot of people that are skateboarders are somewhat outcasts in the real world. In this community of skateboarders, everyone's very accepted. There's not much roles for little people. And, and um, so the roles that, 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 that you do get, you have to make the best out of them. I mean, this industry doesn't have like little people that are like writing stories to make us humane. That's why they only write things like fantasies, like where they can, you know, like mystical creature characters or elves or trolls or, or things that aren't even real because they can get away with that. I only see one person representing this. In like a in like a truthful artistic way, and that's Peter Dinklage, and that's because he's a fantastic actor, and that's why I took it upon myself to like attend the actor's studio and put in the work and learn everything there is to know about this craft. I'm grateful for everything I've ever had and all the opportunities I've had, but that's just my perspective on like what I've seen and, and what I've seen going on, and and what I have to do, what I know I have to do to make a change. Representation for Latinxes across all industries will likely continue at a relatively steady, albeit sluggish pace. And if my optimism isn't blowing you away, 
Let me put it this way. We make up 18% of the population and are the fastest growing demographic in the US, something that can't be ignored in a capitalist society. Apart from industry leaders who are truly committed to change, it seems that any remaining hope for a fast pass to diversity and inclusion will likely come from the influencer market who aren't waiting around for society's gatekeepers to make room. I'm Gabriela Fresquez for Radar 2021. Thanks for watching Radar 2021. Please like, subscribe, and comment down below and let us know what issues are important to you. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of issues to choose from. <laughs> so, so many.